I'm Chase Meridian. I asked Dr. Meridian to come to Gotham to consult on this case. She specializes in... Abnormal psychology. Multiple personalities. I read your work. Insightful. Naive, but insightful. I'm flattered. Not every girl makes a superhero's night table. Can we reason with him? He's holding innocent people up there. It won't do any good. He'll slaughter them without thinking twice. Agreed. A trauma powerful enough to create an alternate personality leaves the victim... In a world where normal rules of right and wrong no longer apply. Exactly. Like you. Well, let's just say I could write a hell of a paper on a grown man who dresses like a flying rodent. Bats aren't rodents, Dr. Meridian. Really? I didn't know that. You are interesting. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse! In the recent weeks, we've finished Hawkeye, a critically acclaimed Disney Plus show. We've watched Spider-Man No Way Home, another critically acclaimed, soon-to-be comic book classic. So what else can we possibly do except go forth and watch another undisputed classic starring everybody's favorite psychopathic billionaire superhero Batman? You could even say it lives in our hearts forever. You could, and it does. Because we're not... (laughs) No, I'm going to say because it's Batman forever. (laughs) We're not talking about the Dark Knight. We're not talking about... We're not talking about Michael Keaton's Batman, okay? That stuff is for chumps. We are here with our boy Val Kilmer and our other boys, Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. And the guy that plays Robin, I already forgot what his name was. But yes, today we are talking about Batman Forever. Um, we are preparing for The Batman, yeah. um, which is coming out in February. And uh, we wanted to finish the Batman movies so far. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think this is really what we planned when we started watching the Tim Burton Batmans, Batman. Batsman. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think our, our schedule is going to work out. So we'll be able to, you know, we already started the series. And now we're going to go forth all the way through the Nolan movies. I don't think we will be doing the... Uh, any of the Batfleck films before the Batman comes out. That'll be for another time. What is that? Like Batman v Superman. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, we'll get there eventually, but we just wanted to, uh, you know, give ourselves a reminder of, of where we're at and how far we've come and all these different interpretations that we've gotten of the character so far. And this is quite a different interpretation from the last time that we saw Batman on screen. It is, but I do overall think that the world still feels like Tim Burton's Gotham City. Yeah. Like, it's very campy. I think it's it's taken the campiness that was always there, cranked it up to 11, and added a lot more color. Like, Batman Returns, I think, more so than the original Batman especially, was very dark. Oh, Tonally, like all the penguins and stuff? like visually dark yeah you know and now we see gotham it's covered in neon lights and there's like holographic projections being displayed on every building and we have like a villain that isn't like bright green so right there's no subtlety if you know the, the little bit that there was that tim burton's style allows has been completely thrown out the window 
this movie also starts out really strong with like a really dumb joke, which is just kind of sets us up for the whole film. I have that exact note. We, <laughs> the, yeah, the the first exchange of dialogue is Alfred asking if Batman would like a sandwich to take on the road. And he says, no, I'll get drive-through. And or yeah, fast food or something. No, it's drive-through because yeah, it's a weird thing to say is I'll get drive-through. In his Batmobile. I, I don't, you know, when we, I watched this for the first time last year or maybe a little bit before that, of course, pre-podcast, and I had also not seen... The arches, the golden arches are in this movie. I, it's unbelievable. I don't know if they're sponsored by McDonald's. That's why he says, I'll get drive they had a They had a huge tie-in campaign for this movie. Uh, they had glass mugs that they were using as promotions, and people really loved those. People still talk about them whenever like you bring up mug. Batman Forever. Yeah, they're pretty But sick. it's like tied in with McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's totally intentional, and... Part of the reason why this movie is the way that it is is because Warner Brothers wanted it to be lighter. They wanted to be able to sell toys and have kids go see it and make it like... Then why is it so overtly sexual? Because, because it's still batshit insane. Bat no pun shit? intended. No pun intended. But because that's, you know, Joel Schumacher knew what he wanted to do with these characters and it turned out to be the horniest comic book movie of all time. Well, what, we're about to get nipple gate uh, yeah. for Batman, so I wouldn't. I don't know if we're gonna say horniest yet. I mean, but it's up there. It's certainly up there. I I have always liked these movies, um, all these like four Batman movies, but watching them like as an adult, I'm just like sitting back, like, what the fuck is happening? What? What was the world like that these movies were, like, coming out in? Like, it just is so um, befuddling. No, I Because, I mean, I, I obviously totally saw agree. them much later. Like, this came out in 1995. Like, I saw it, like, during the 2000s, but ne had no questions, like, about anything. Like, when you see pictures of malls, like, food courts from malls in the 90s, and it's, like, pastel pinks and greens plastered all over the floor and the ceiling and neon lights everywhere. This is like the Batman version of that aesthetic. <laughs> and like not just in the colors, which those match, but just like how everybody is behaving. It's just completely off the wall. Which I would say that these did hold up for like 10 years. Like Probably. they had, well, that's when I saw them. It was like 10 years after the Oh, fact. okay, yeah, yeah. Or maybe less than that. But like basically till the new franchise mm -hmm. i mean i don't know like seeing them as an adult like what adults thought of this movie it can't have been great because I, I watched it as like a kid probably an elementary school kid it came on tv so it was some stuff was probably censored out as i talked about in the penguin one yeah i mean i think the the reviews for this one were middling like i would say probably like five out of tens uh, Roger Ebert gave it a two and a half stars out of five. And I think Batman and Robin was the one where it really hit yeah. rock bottom. This was still kind of... There There are things that I are, think I remember that one least, Batman and Robin. Yeah. I mean, I, I had forgotten a lot about this one, even though we watched it pretty recently. But 
I think there's like a lot of good elements here. Like I really like Val Kilmer and some of like the performances were really good. We're getting but... peak Val Kilmer. I'm just saying he's hot. Oh yeah. He's I mean, looking fine. And I think because this came out in 1995 and what also came out in 1995 was Heat. She's got a great ass. Yeah. Val Kilmer's got a great ass. Yes. And they show his tush. Val Kilmer was a fantastic part in Heat, and you know he was really just flexing his his muscle this year. So good for him. I also forgot that Tommy Lee Jones was in this. The reason I remember this movie so much more than I think the George Clooney one is because of actually the Robin plot and like how his parents died, his whole family. Like that was so devastating that that really stuck with me. Um, and I know that this Robin, the same uh, actor, which I just looked up his name is Chris O'Donnell, comes right. back for that one. But I remember his like setup in this. Um, but anyway, I forgot that Tommy Lee Jones was in this, and I feel like he's really inspired by Jack Nicholson. Like it's kind of like just the Joker. That's I read that exact thing when I was just like kind of looking up people's thoughts on this. I think Tommy Lee Jones was not one of the stronger parts of this movie. No. And one, because it's just Joker 2.0, but worse. But, like, Tommy Lee Jones is not... This was not good casting, if that's just what they wanted to do with the character. But if they had gone a route where he was playing a more genuine version of Two-Face, it would have worked pretty well. Well, we saw that in The Dark Knight, and it was perfect. Yeah. That Harvey Dent was so good, and getting that origin story was so great. So obviously, like, compared to that, and, like, not really getting much of an or origin story, like, they had one line at the very end that I was like, why wasn't this kind of a through line? Was this, like, idea of, like, now we get justice, and that should be his whole thing. Like, he's a prosecutor. Like, his line should be more in line with, like, a burned attorney, prosecutor, cop guy. More than it is. Because that's the whole Harvey Dent thing in The Dark Knight is like wanting to get justice. And Batman's like, that's not justice, obviously. Um, I mean, we see him. They show it. I know. It's, very, like, brief, it's very brief, though. But it's, it's basically, I think it is just a abbreviated version of. Well, we get it so much I later, mean, and, too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the, the Dark Knight Two-Face, I feel like, is such a different interpretation. I mean, I don't, I don't really know too much about the I don't know. I feel original. like it's the same interpretation. This is just, like, escalated, like, campier, sillier. Yeah. This one is just, like, you know, he's he's attacked by the mob boss. Oh, yeah. I guess um, he's personally attacked, like, in acid, whereas this was, like, Rachel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. That that part. But, like, I mean, him being, like, it's, it's up to fate and, like, that, that whole, like, kind of split personality thing, I guess. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess I, you're right. It's not really the same. If if they had just given him, like, toned back his character a little bit, I think it would have worked a lot better because he could have been a more serious foil to Jim Carrey's Yeah, Riddler. Jim Carrey was already obviously doing too much. Having, like, two characters being, like, so bombastic was really <laughs> not, not necessary. Well, and they were, like, doing this, like, funny thing with, like, the whole split room with, like, he's got his, like, yeah. angel girlfriend and then his, like, devil girlfriend. And I loved all that. That was, like, very funny. But, um, 
Yeah, I think it was just too much. And then when they were, like, in the scenes together, I was like, I cannot handle the cackling going on here. It's too much. It's too much. I was just, like, checking out mentally whenever they were, like, just ranting to each other. My, uh, one of the first things that I just thought, you know, because I, I really do like Val Kilmer, but I also liked Michael Keaton. No comment on George Clooney. Um, <laughs> the the <laughs> fact that these movies came out in... I don't know, all four of these movies came out within 10 years of each other and having three different actors play the same character and not having it be like a reboot is like unthinkable. Now. Like, yeah, it's so... But yeah, it works fine. It was, it, it was, but it's just so, such a foreign concept now and I was just trying I to think of thought. an analog to it and it kind of reminded me of last year we watched the all of the Bond movies and after we have all of the originals, we get... A bit of an intermission on uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, where George Lazenby, Lazenby, I forget how to pronounce his name, plays Bond for one movie. And, you know, it jumps from Sean Connery to George Lazenby, and then it goes to Roger Moore very quickly. And it's just, they kind of, you know, the Bond movies can work with that because they're so disconnected and they're not really trying to, like, build off the, the same story. The plot's not that continuous. Right. But there were some things. Yeah, things came back. And... So it kind of feels like they were like, okay, well. I mean, know. they did it with, like, Alton into Pierce. Right. Yeah. And yeah, they, they bring back M a couple of the characters and... and stuff. And yeah, so, you know, you got Michael Keaton being like, well, I'm not really interested in doing it. So it's like, okay, we'll get Val. And then Val Kilmer's not interested anymore, so we'll all, get another guy. All of the bat these Batman movies remind me of Bond. I had that same exact thought later in this movie. I was like, this just feels like a Bond movie, like, with some of, like, the stuff that's going on. We also have Nicole Kidman. We who do. I She's thought she was playing... I thought they were, like, kind of setting up, like, a Harley Quinn thing. Like, I actually forgot what they were doing with her character. I don't think she comes back for the next one. She doesn't. Because we have, like, Poison Ivy in the next one. Yeah. Uma Thurman. Yeah. yeah. Um, because she's, like, supposed to be this, like, psychoanalyst that, like, d studies people with, like, split personalities. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um, which I get, like, they were just doing this whole, like, you know, Batman and Two-Face are, like, the same and yeah, blah, blah, blah. I actually do think that uh, there was a canceled fifth Batman movie because apparently when Joel Schumacher was shooting Batman and Robin, Warner Brothers was so impressed with the like day-to-day -day shots that they just got him working on another one, which I was like, what was the disconnect between like their thoughts on that while well, the movie was being made versus after it came out because they just abandoned it? Was George Clooney going to come back for the fifth one? I don't know. I think they only ever really started writing it, but oh. that was supposed to have Harley Quinn. Oh, and interesting. And she kind of would have been written as the Joker's daughter. Oh. Like, coming back That's for revenge. And they, like, wanted to bring back the Joker as, like... It was going to be the Scarecrow's the villain, and Batman would be, like, hallucinating the Joker throughout the movie, which would have been interesting, because there's no way that they would have gotten Jack Nicholson to come back and do it. So, really? So, you know, what, what could have been? Why well, I mean, he? I mean, just because Michael Keaton was, like... I'm not going to do this. And I feel like uh, Jack Nicholson was probably even more, you know, um, trepidatious. I know, but, like, I just feel like I don't know much about Jack Nicholson and his how he approaches movies. But having seen those last two, he probably just would not have been interested. Especially because, 
I feel like part of the original was that it was Tim Burton doing it, and it had like this yeah, somewhat like some kind of prestige attached. Do you think that this is the reason why Tommy Lee Jones is a miserable curmudgeon is because of this movie? Is he really a miserable curmudgeon? I mean, that's kind of like the lore around him. Because remember, there was like all those memes going around, like after one rewards award show that he was just like sitting there like cross-armed like I forgot about the that. whole time I mean I don't think he has like a wonderful reputation that's too bad I, I, well, I don't think could, could be spreading lies out of school no one take that for more than what it is I don't think you can chalk it up to any one thing but being in this movie would definitely not be good for anyone it was else. just so weird seeing him in this like and being so like playful I guess I watched on a plane recently uh the fugitive with harrison ford which had tommy lee jones in it and that came out let me see i want to say yeah, that came out two years before this and that role for tommy lee jones was just like as classic as you can get for the guy you know he's he's a federal agent he's like very by the books gruff like you know what you'd expect when you see tommy lee jones so i i have a lot of questions about it like why why do this movie period? Why do it now in his, like that time in his career? Who are we blaming here? <laughs> his, well, yeah, cause his isn't agent, he like, in I the mix of, um, men in black. 97. 97. Yeah. So right after this, I guess. And, and that also, even though that's like a much more like off the walls concept, he's playing what you'd expect from Tommy Lee Jones. And he is doing anything but that here. But also, I know that I think a lot of people, myself included, blame Joel Schumacher for like how these movies turned out, the this and Batman and Robin. But I don't think his original vision was what we got. I think it was like a lot of studio interference, being like we need to make this um, like less mature than what we had with the Burton Batmans. And I guess he was just he was willing to go along with it. You know, it was a it was a different time for superhero movies. But I'm wondering if, because I th I think the Riddler was Tim Burton's idea, and Tim Burton produced this movie. But I think a lot of stuff got shuffled around early in the process. So maybe Tommy Lee Jones wasn't supposed to be like this, and maybe Warner Brothers was like, oh well, people liked the Joker, so have him act like the Joker. I don't know. It seemed like everything was like set up around it. Like we're not set up around it, but like they definitely like played on this whole like, over-the-top black-and-white thing. Like, we have that, like, dream statue keep coming back. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true, that's true. It feels like that part... I, like, all that was... All of that is fine, like, in... By itself. It was, like, the combination of Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. The writing was really not great, and which is what was bringing me to Nicole Kidman. Like, any lines that they gave Nicole Kidman were just straight trash and like black rubber <laughs> starting with this beginning scene I was like is Batman like negging her he's like I read your thing uh naive but like insightful <laughs> like I was like who responds well to that like she's like so enamored by him and I'm like he just said that you were naive like it's just like making fun of your writing as a you're a professional. Your like, book would have been good if you weren't a woman. She's also, like, the least professional person I've ever seen. <laughs> the, she's, like, a Bond girl. Like, that, that's she what... She absolutely That's is. what it was me. And, and these Batman movies, there's a new Bond girl in every Batman movie. Yeah. 
Everyone has a different Bond girl, quote unquote. I just can't believe that they didn't try to like have any more continuity between these movies. I guess they just didn't care. But like Alfred's the same in all of them. Yeah, I like why don't we just and like Commissioner Gordon. But like, you know, in the original movie, Billy D. Williams plays Harvey Dent, and I'm pretty sure that he, you know, signed on to do that character with the understanding that it could become a bigger yeah. and become Two Face, and then they were just—I think they bought out his contract so That's they could do Tommy Lee Jones. I so guess they're just trying to Billy get D. people Williams. to come to it, but like, if you already have Jim Carrey, like, although I guess this is still pretty early in Jim Carrey's career. Um, I mean, it is, but have also have you done like, the mask? Let's see. I feel like this is like. Maybe not the Apex, but... is so early. He did Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all in 1994, which oh is crazy. Oh my gosh. He's, oh, so he's like on fire right now. Yeah, this is like... Yeah, we're at peak Jim Carrey. Sorry, just continuing with the Nicole Kidman thing. She's like, oh, you're so interesting. You know that bats aren't rodents. <laughs> I mean, that's not the line, but he says bats aren't rodents. She's like, ooh, you're interesting. I'm like, that wasn't interesting. Also, the, like, the you're, again, you're a doctor. You should know that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, what a bat she, is. But she's like a, a therapist I'm just doctor. saying, it's like a weird thing <laughs> to be like. I mean, I'm saying she's like an educated person. <laughs> look, you said this about the writing. Like, nobody has a normal conversation in this movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody all of these superhero parts are good. And actually, the lines with Robin are really good. Mm-hmm. Like... It's the Nicole Kidman stuff is bad. The Tommy Lee Jones stuff is bad. The Riddler stuff is like it gets worse. It starts yeah. off, yeah, and then it by the end of this movie, like nothing makes sense and everything is just like in shambles. He starts just exclaiming random shit all the time. Yeah, and... I would say the Riddler is like what I would expect if I was going to see Jim Carrey in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not like the, I don't like dislike Jim Carrey, but I'm not going to watch a movie just because Jim Carrey is in it. And so I'm not like necessarily here for all of his humor. So I wasn't like loving all of the Jim Carreyness of it, but I also recognize like that's what he's bringing to the movie and like that's what's expected. Like that's, they got him to do what he did. Exactly. Like he, he, he understood the assignment and it's, did the assignment. It's just funny to me thinking about like where we're going to be at at the end of this journey with Paul Dano. Playing the Riddler. I know, I and, had that uh, note too. I was like, I think we're going to get a very different Riddler. Like maybe the polar opposite. Like, yeah, just straight up like creepy serial killer version. I mean, I have nightmares after the Batman. Oh, yeah. He's, it looks like he's going to be a, a spooky fella. I mean, so much so that we haven't even seen what he looks like in the trailers. Yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be wearing this like weird mask thing for most of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, one Paul of the- Dana is just... He's really, he's a good, he's a good actor. Fantastic. I don't know if anyone needs to know that. I, hot takes here. Confirm. <laughs> Have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? Have you seen There Will Be Blood? One of the few things that I really remembered verbatim from when we watched this the first time was in the beginning of the movie when Batman is handling this Two-Face hostage situation. <laughs> he has this guy in a vat of acid and the guy that's in there, the worst, just absolutely incredible performance. And yeah, we see it sloshing around. We know what's happening here, but they have him be like, 
Oh no, it's boiling acid. Batman jumps in, takes his hearing aid. That's my hearing aid. And I was like, who the hell is this also, guy? Do you want to die or do you want to be saved? Shut the, the entire time. He's like, oh no. My shoes are burning. Which that, that that's scary. But like, unbelievable. I was like, where the fuck did they find this guy? Because it's like the corniness and campiness, whatever. But he was like on another level. <laughs> I was like, this guy is not in the same movie. And to say that, like, when we have, like, Jim Carrey going full Jim Carrey, I guess he just, like, he was doing, like, the same extreme campiness, but it, like, wasn't good. Like, I don't know. I, probably just because I don't know who that guy was. Um, what they were trying to do, or what they were doing with Jim Carrey, especially at the beginning where he's, like, this disgruntled scientist, is this what they were trying to do with Max? Yeah, Spider-Man. Man, I don't think anyone had ever copped to taking character inspiration from this movie, but I see it. I, I see mean, it. I feel like they could have done it more with Max. Like, just leaned in fully. I agree. Although, you know, we were talking about how bad the writing is. I agree, especially for Nicole Kidman. But I do think that I liked the the dynamic between her and Bruce when he's not being, when he's not negging her. I actually felt like they worked well. Yeah, and I like that she is torn because she's like, I think I like Batman, but I'm also falling for Bruce and that she makes the choice to like be with Bruce. Like, I like all that stuff. It's, yeah, it's just like the minute to minute. I don't, I don't like her banter, I think, with Batman. Yeah. Also, like, the whole concept of people falling in love with mass superheroes is very funny to me, and it reminds me of the first Spider-Man, when, I guess it's, like, throughout the series, the Raimi series, except, you know, when she finds out who Peter is, but she's like, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm in love with somebody, and she's, yeah. like, talking about Spider-Man, I'm like, what are we doing? I feel like there's, a, a, the Spider-Man's got a lot of inspo from the Batman movies. Yeah. I mean, of course, like... There's like a 50% batting average for the for the series of the four Batman movies, but they definitely did set some precedent. Like there's What do you mean 50%? Like people I think generally speaking people praise the Keaton ones yeah. and not the other two, but yeah, I think you're right. There's elements of inspiration probably well, I'll say taken from 3 out of 4. I don't know if anyone has taken anything away from Batman and Robin. Maybe not what not to do. That counts. Don't put nipples on costumes. I like that Bruce actually runs the company and yeah. is, like, engaged in it. That's one of the things that annoys me about Christian Bale um, is, like, how he... Well, I mean, I, I, it's actually, I don't dislike it. I just, like, dislike it as, like, a personality thing. He, like, really wants to lean into this, like, bumbling billionaire thing. He, like, uses that to his advantage, which is cool to see that play out. But I'm like, man, you suck. Like... He wants Bruce to be unlikable. Yeah. Because he hates Bruce. Right. We'll get into that. But you're right. It would have been cool to see him like actually be a somewhat competent. Because he's really smart. Right. That I mean that whole series is just <laughs> Michael Caine being like Michael Caine. You're not applying yourself, Master Bruce, not falling asleep during meetings. <laughs> it does, but yeah, you're right though, like He's doing it on purpose, and it works well because it gets everybody to underestimate him. It took me a while to, like, understand the point of the whole machine that Jim Carrey's, like, talking about. Still doesn't really make sense. Whatever. And I'm not 
I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to try to figure out his motivations. He just... Also, just he doesn't seem any smarter, and the other people don't seem any dumber. No. So I don't know... <laughs> Nothing has... The baseline has not changed Tommy Lee Jones definitely hasn't gotten any smarter. Like... The Batman movies do love a window death scene. Like somebody falling out of a broken window. The big fans. I mean, it's very cinematic. So I can't blame them. Yeah, let's let's get into this circus scene because I this is probably like a front runner for best scene in the movie, in my opinion. I actually really liked this. Despite it being like a whole like villainous apparition by Two Face, it's like effective. And like we get some, we get some really cool stuff. No, it's a good scene, yeah. Um, my favorite thing, one of like my favorite moments in this movie because I think it's, it's like a blink and you miss it type deal, is in that scene, Tommy Lee Jones is like threatening the crowd and, you know, trying to like bait out Batman, and you see Bruce stand up and he's like selling like I'm Batman, like he's screaming I'm yeah. Batman, but he's getting drowned out by the crowd, and I'm like that's crazy. Yeah, what's crazier is that Chase, who's sitting right next to him, doesn't hear a word that he says. She's like, where'd you go? <laughs> he just screamed, I'm Batman. She's like, I thought you were just kidding. And I then, thought it was a bit. And then he does get up and like does help with some stuff, and no one, I guess, sees him do that? and Or no one puts it together that maybe this guy's Batman? There's a lot of you didn't put that together that I had it, in my notes. The people of Gotham's are they're dumbasses. They're it is yeah. This is before their brains have even been drained. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like the public education system in Gotham cannot be good. Nobody, you can't like leave your house without getting accosted by like 18 supervillains or a gang that's just like burning trash. I'm like, what? How is this city and even sustaining? Awful, terrible place to live. But I will say, I think like a lot of this is just Joel Schumacher kind of aping uh, Tim Burton's style and what he set up. But I think it worked. I think it did. Like I said, I do think it felt like the Tim Burtons. Yeah. And also, like it feels like a live-action cartoon in a way, just because of how crazy everything is. And it's like a spectacle. And we talked about this in the other Keaton uh, discussions that we had, but like Gotham is like very much its own thing in these movies like it's not it's very clearly like not taking inspiration from any real place it's just like this always it's like it's always night it's like drenched in <laughs> neon and violence night. you can't really tell like what time period it is because for all of like batman's gadgets and stuff you have two faces gang like driving around cars from the 40s and 50s yeah and it just like all meshes together to be like this is its own thing right which is not something we ever really get in the Nolan movies, except I've I've already said this before. Except in Dark in uh, Batman Begins, everything after that is it's just a kind of dreary looking city. It's literally just Chicago, but yeah. this is its own thing. Um, it it actually I think it emulates the TV show, which I haven't seen, but I think it's supposed to emulate that. And like that TV show was like super corny because they weren't allowed to show like real violence on television at that time. So I think like even these villains are supposed to be like very representative of that kind of villain that we got on the TV show. Like the, you know, you hit someone's like, boing! Like, yeah, yeah like literally a cartoon. I also think that the Batman, the animated series was 
I think it ended. Yeah, it ended in 1995. And it had been on for three years. And that's, like, a lot of people's, like, favorite Batman property. Because that had, you know, that was, like, Mark Hamill's Joker and uh, Kevin Conroy voicing Batman. And for a lot of people, that's the definitive version of the character. Um, so I'm sure that, especially in light of wanting to make it a bit more of, like, a younger audience-friendly tone, I'm not going to say kid-friendly, uh, they could have taken some inspiration from that. But, like, I watched as a kid. Yeah, like, this one? Yeah. Yeah, I think these are kid-friendly, because I think a lot of, like, the weirder stuff will just go over kids' heads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watched the Penguin one. That one was scarier to me than this one. Oh, it definitely was. Like, I think, I'm sure the studio was not happy with how dark Tim Burton got with that. And whoever was going to come next, they were going to ask them to pull it back. So they could sell some sick promotional mugs. But the thing that was, like, super ducked up as a child and still to this day was how Robin's family died. And I've never gotten over it. It's really rough. It's really I'm rough. I'm sorry, Dick's family. <laughs> Why don't you just call him Rick? We don't, have to, we don't have to abide by these character names from... Like the original Batman comics, we don't want to. I always thought that his name was actually Robin. I didn't know it was like a character name. Yeah, because there's been like three different Robins over the course of the comics. Really? Yeah. So there's they there's, keep dying. There's Dick Grayson. Only one of them died. Then he came back. That was a uh, Jason Todd. And then there's another one too. Well, The Dark Knight Rises. He's like Robin's my middle name. <laughs> that guy doesn't count. Well, I didn't know what John, whatever John Blake. I don't uh, think that's I think that's a... just an original character. I like it. I think, yeah. So there were there were several different Robins. Um, there was Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Stephanie Brown, and Damian Wayne, who I think is Batman's Related. son. Uh, and then at some point or another, and actually, the Robin in this movie makes a joke about like calling himself Nightwing. And that's what Robin, like, calls himself when he becomes, like, he, like, splits off from Batman mm -hmm. and becomes his own thing, and he calls himself Nightwing. Okay. So, that's a fun little fact. Um, I don't know how old he's supposed to be that he needs a guardian. Like, what? I guess he's supposed to be, like, 17. He's too old. He's Chris a O'Donnell's grown way too man. old. If they With didn't... an earring. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell, because, yeah, they were like, he, he doesn't have a family. He needs, he needs someone to help, which I'm like, okay, fair. But this man is, like, fully, like, mid-20s. He's got sideburns. And I guess they were, like, trying to show him being, like, kind of a bad boy. But he's, like, such a sweet, sweet boy. Like, he was 25 when this came out. He seemed like, even older than that. <laughs> I just, you know, Kobe I... Kobe Maguire looks younger. <laughs> if that's not an indictment, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, once I got over the fact that I'm like, this dude is definitely not what the age that they want us to think he is, I, I like him. I no, I like him. I just was like, why are we pretending that he's like 17 years old? I don't know. <laughs> Once again, the, the casting director has, has made a mistake. But he does come to stay with Bruce and Al. Bruce and Al. He's the only person to ever call Alfred Al. I like it. Me too. Also, like, Bruce keeps getting these, like, flashbacks of, like, when his parents died. And it's supposed to be, like, telling him something. But 
I don't get it. I'm like, why are we getting these flashbacks again? I thought that there was going to be more to that book, and there was not. And I was confused on why it was even being brought up. I don't know. I really don't know. I guess they wanted some way to remind us of, like, Batman's origin story. They're like, in case you missed it. Yeah. Last time on Batman. Because I believe, maybe, I mean, I know we talked about how, like, maybe the direction of the movie changed, but... I'm pretty sure that, like, Joel Schumacher's original vision, which would have been darker, had, like, a theme of Bruce starting to become burnt out on being Batman. So maybe if they had gone ahead with that, it would have been that trauma. Because he always is revisiting that. Like, that's just kind of who Batman is. But, like, so much to the point where it's, like, starting to get in the way of him being able to do his Batmanly duties. I don't know. So maybe that's why they keep, like, bringing it up more and more. Or, more likely, it's what you said. I really... So we have that scene in the garage when he's, like, Robin is just, like... Yeah, and he's, like, fuck you. I'm I'm just gonna leave. I'm gonna go kill Two-Face. And I just really enjoyed that. Yeah. I feel like for the Nolan movies, like, we see him, like, in, like, the fancy cars and stuff. But we don't really see like Wayne Manor in that light because it was supposed to be like so much more grounded we don't see like a secret tunnel system where he has a chair that drops him into a slide slide, yeah so just seeing like yeah he's it's like a he's like a collector of like classic cars and motorcycles and it's not all just for for Batman stuff because if you're a a billionaire hosting parties at your house everyone's going to be like why don't you own anything yeah I mean I think we get the impression with Christian Bale that he does own all of that stuff, but he doesn't care. Like, it's just, like, stuff that he, he that his parents had, and he's like, yeah. yeah. Or he, like, actively hates, like, flaunting it. Like, yeah, bring out the rolls, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, he still uses it, but uses it against his advantage of being, like, this shitty billionaire. Right, like, right. He's like, it's it's all done with an air of, like, I'm rolling my eyes about this. And I think it goes back to the the character I'm playing as Bruce Wayne. Right. Not Batman. Yeah, that's the alter ego. Which is a sad alter ego. It is. It's a sad version of it. Hey, it, it tracks for him. What do you think the wig budget was for Jim Carrey? $12. Okay. $12 million. He wore like five different wigs. Yeah, that man... His orange hair changed three times. I was like, what's (laughs) happening? When did he have time to do that? What was he doing? And then he has, like, regular hair for, like, the The ball and stuff. Yeah. No, not in the beginning. Oh, right. Um, Yeah, 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 at the ball. And I was just very confused. The ball when he's uh, with Drew Barrymore, who's... Has Such a, weird a minor bit role. Because, I mean, I, I know that Drew Barrymore has been acting for a really long time. Yes, like literally since, since three since years old. E.T. and all. Um, and I don't know, like, what her career... I'm about to, like, look well, up what she, she was doing. She went to rehab at, like, ten years old. So, like... Not great. But I was just curious to see what kind of acting role she had been taking Well, I just assume this. that, like... When she would, like, get out of rehab, she'd have to kind of, like, restart this, like, acting career over and, like, take these, like, smaller roles. Yeah. 
Like, she was... Because when was this compared to, like, Charlie's Angels, I guess? I mean, Charlie's Angels was in 2000. Um, okay, so like but she did Scream the year after this. She was in Wayne's World 2. Yeah, I, I kind of think that... Um, well, she's in a movie called Far From Home. Probably a different movie. I think so. I think so, but I'm not sure. Either way, though, um, for an established name... It was weird seeing her in such a small part. I mean, like, technically she had more lines than her counterpart because she was playing, like, Sugar. Was the other one Spice? Spice, Sugar and Spice. So she had more lines than Spice, <laughs> but... Yeah, because she was Jim Carrey's, like, arm candy. Yeah, but it was still, like, so minor. I just want to also confirm something. Robin just manually dries his clothes with his, like, pure strength. Is that right? Yes. Is that what we're gathering? That is exactly. And that was a scene that we needed so that Alfred would know that he could handle being Batman 2.0. Yeah. He can like do a sick like flip trick when he puts his his clothes on the uh, line. It's also one, do they not own a dryer? It's really clutch. Two, I was led to believe that he was like just straight up drying them. They didn't even need the clothing rack because he was whipping them around so hard. I mean, yeah, well yeah, then you definitely don't need a dryer. You could save money on the electricity bill. I mean, maybe uh, Wayne Manor just never had a dryer, and Alfred's like, well, I guess I could just, like, keep drying them myself. I just feel like the plot progresses really fast, especially with this whole, like, TV thing with uh, Riddler. Yeah. He's, like, taking over the world in, like, a day? I I don't don't know. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I developed this idea, and it's really cool. And then, yeah, instantly we have this newsflash being like, everybody's got a Enigma box in their home, and... Now everybody's a zombie. I'm like, who the fuck is buying this? Also, never saw one person acting like a zombie. We saw those people sitting in front of the TV. Oh. So maybe well, they that just like stay us there. Earlier today. <laughs> I mean, kidding. too true. Is there someone profiting? Is there someone getting smarter off of our watching Batman Forever? That's what I would like to know. Uh, because we certainly didn't. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it seems like he really just he really just jumped to the top. Like Bruce Lee goes to this party. And how did he, how was he hosting this party? Like, I don't, did I miss something? Like, how has Riddler, like, achieved status? Yeah, so he partnered up with Two-Face. Is that just he has all of Two-Face's Well, they started robbing places together, but as the Riddler, but then, like, he's gonna, he's gonna, everyone's got two faces. So true. I mean, honestly, pretty decent scheme, I guess, because it clearly was working out well for them. And, uh, but, yeah. I, we already talked about it earlier, but having having Riddler and, and Two-Face team up was just, it's a lot of energy. But I did really enjoy when they first met and how uh, Riddler kind of had to win over Two-Face. And he had, uh, he had a lot of nerve for someone shoving a gun in his face so early into his supervillain career. I don't know, good for him, I guess. I mean, he's also, like, not exactly stable. <laughs> no. What what's happening though, like in the streets of Gotham? Because we get Robin pretending to be Batman, and I just I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that whatever they're doing is super racist. But I just don't even understand like what's going on. People are dressed up in like Native American ish looking outfits, or like. 
I don't know. Like, I have no idea what's going on. No clue. Not, and, not like, a single clue. Glow in the dark, war paint, running around streets, steals, like, kidnaps one white girl that just happens to be there. And there's, like, I, hundreds of I, people. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how there's room to drive the Batmobile around on the streets of Gotham with all the chaos. I know that in one of the Batman video games, the whole conceit is that the entire city has been basically turned into Arkham Asylum, more or less. So that's what I'm envisioning is happening here. But some people didn't get the memo. Or maybe everyone just, like, stays in their houses and you just don't go outside. <laughs> because why well, would you? Well, is this maybe a result of the whole box thing? I mean, box. probably yes, but I, I guess... Or it's just kind of a casualty of the style of this movie because as bad as things were in the Burton Batman movies, it kind of seemed like you could go outside and not be covered in glow-in-the-dark paint. And now it just seems like <laughs> a mandate. Either way, you know, it's easier to think about it than this because it's not part of a larger universe. But when you see the, like, the comparisons in the world that DC has between Gotham and Metropolis... Not to mention, like, all the other cities, like Star City, which I think is, like, The Flash and stuff. I'm like, why would anyone live, live in, in Gotham? Gotham? It's like, well, it's like, okay, maybe you have to. But then, like, you have, like, some, like, well-to-do people that are there. And I just, it's not, it's not great. I mean, I think it's, like, this is just indicative of the world. You bet your ass I would be living in the middle of the country if I was in D.C. world. Because all of the cities are not safe. There are too many supervillains out there. Let's become a farmer. But I'm not going to live anywhere near the Kents. Um, we get another scene with Val and uh, Dick after they know who, after he knows that he's Batman. Yeah. But then, I mean, I get it. Like, Bruce is like, I don't want you to, like, turn into me even though I just said that we're the same person. And Alfred's right to be like, you have to like put all that energy somewhere. So you might as well do some good. Because if you don't, if he doesn't, if you don't take him under your wing, like he's just going to go off and do his own thing and get killed. Right. Like he was basically on the brink of that anyway. And uh, Alfred always comes with the wisdom and he should never be questioned. I think that probably would have worked better with a bit more time for the character like this Robin to like be present in the story. Also, I think it would have worked better if he wasn't like a, a man. <laughs> like if it was, if it was more, um, Oh, if he's actually able like to a see kid. him as a teenager That's to true. be like, yeah, like this is just like, like I'm trying to protect this you. is reckless and you have to strike a balance between, um, wanting to protect him and not letting him. And, you know, like, keeping him, like, so cooped up that he leaves and gets hurt anyway. Um, it's in, Batman in this is super dumb. I mean, everyone's kind of dumb in this movie, but, like, it's embarrassing. He falls for Two-Face's tricks every single time. Doesn't ever question it. Also, like, I had this note later, but I'll just say it now on the topic of him being dumb. Like, he never puts it together that it's this Enigma guy that's also... Uh, the Riddler, like, when, as soon as she's, like, somebody that's obsessed with you, like, I feel like he should be thinking about that guy. But I guess he's just, like, not on his radar. I guess not. Like, he, it's, it's even, like... But, like, at that event, when he meets him, he doesn't think, like, this is kind of suspicious. 
There's no red flags. Come on, Val. Not not the world's greatest detective's finest hour. I'll tell you that much. I forgot that that's like one of his monikers. I don't think he's a great detective. Well, certainly not this one. But in any of them, like that's not really his thing. None of the movies have ever focused on that. The director of The Batman has claimed that it'll be kind of an approach in that direction, um, which I hope is true. I, all, all I think about when we see that trailer, which we have happened to see it like five times. Every time we go to a theater. Because it's been coming out now for like five years. But um, I always think that he's the bad guy when they, sh- when they start to pan towards Bruce Wayne. And maybe that's on purpose. But I'm like, oh my God, this is like Paul Dano. Or like, this is the... <laughs> They're showing us who the villain is going to be. I'm like, oh, no, wait, that's Robert Pattinson. <laughs> no, everyone looks like shit and is just pissed off all the time. You know why part of the reason why Batman can't you know, not fall for any of Two-Face's tricks or the Riddler's riddles to save his life is because all of the riddles in this movie were created by Will Shorts. If y'all don't know who Will Shorts is, he writes the crosswords. He created what? The Riddler's Riddles. That's amazing. I love that they got him to do that. Yeah. Well, they have some crossword references, so maybe that's why. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that that guy can write some, some good crosswords, so. I like the scene a lot where we have this whole uh, Batman slash Bruce re- recanting his trauma to chase i mean and it, it's not until then that she figures out that they're one and the same person yeah also took her way too long to figure that out but also he has a creepy video of her yeah, yeah. in the bat mo- chambers or whatever the bat gave not a good look oh yeah we already kind of talked about this but i was like just kind of a random note in here i was like when did we decide to make the riddler overtly sexual because you're right like that wasn't happening at the beginning of the movie, and then all of a sudden it was like, spank me, sex joke, sex joke. It's constant. Like I a don't, constant stream. Like, who is this for? Who is benefiting from I these don't, jokes? I really don't know. And I don't know how it ever got to the point where people are like, this is good. Like, if you were like, okay, we're going to make this uh, a partnership with McDonald's, what are we doing? What are we doing? I he, just the Riddler adjusts his nuts and it plays a sound effect. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, what? I just want to be like, can we take that line again, but this time say, spank me when you find the secret entrance. Okay, just one I more just... time. Can you roll it again? <laughs> say, spank me when you open up the door. What? Who says that? Oh, boy. I love that so much. I, I hope it was just like Jim Carrey was just being like, you know what, I'm going to do this take on the character, and no matter what, he wouldn't listen to anyone telling him no until they were just like, we can't we can't take any pauses. It got very just, sexual just film the last it. 30 minutes, because like they also do this whole close-up of the new Batsuit, which I was like joking. I was like, oh, this is like a precursor to the George Clooney one, which I've already mentioned, Nipplegate. But they, show, they zoom up on his tush, and then... We see Robin's new outfit, which does have the nipples on it. And they're large. I would just like to see. <laughs> I mean, it's all egregious, but the butt shot is definitely like, I, I have a lot of questions. I've chosen to say tush. Tush shot. <laughs> it's just, I don't know who. 
But I do like this more subtle suit for Robin. The other one I was like, how are you blending right now with the dark? <laughs> um, I, I actually just searched Batman Forever butt shot because I needed to know what was going on here. And it was McDonald's. <laughs> they were like, we want this. We need this, actually. Um, <laughs> I guess there's there's another shot similar to this in Batman and Robin, which I am not surprised not about. I think I remember that one. But um, so the director of this, Joel Schumacher, he, he passed away a couple years ago. Um, but he did this interview with Vice in 2017 where he was just kind of generally apologizing <laughs> for everything. And he said, after Batman and Robin, I was scum. It was like I had murdered a baby. But I'm, I'm looking in here for some more information about the, uh, the costuming because that is just, it's a lot to handle. It is really a lot to handle. But as far as Batman and Robin, he said that a lot of what happened, and I'm assuming it's the scene for Batman Forever, a lot of what happened was his responsibility but it seems like this is unrelated. This is probably fun facts for the next one, but like Val Kilmer was going to be in it, but then he quit. Yeah. I was wondering if you knew why he decided not to come back. Yeah. He, uh, he quit so he could do the Island of Dr. Moreau with Marlon Brando, which is considered to be one of the worst movies of all time. So I guess it was kind of a lose lose situation for him. I mean, I'm sure at the time he thought Marlon Brando, how could this be bad? I guess the plan was just uh, after the Keaton Batman movies, they just had there was a different costume designer, and he said like the the techniques and the kind of materials that they were using uh, for Batman Forever were so much more advanced, and he just wanted them to be like he's like I was looking at Greek statues, and I wanted them to be like anatomically correct and like form fitting, and it kind of like looks cool, but he was like did. Really? Did people really hate them that much? And they were like, uh, yes. It, it wasn't just a hashtag Nipplegate. It was also, like, the outline of the crotch was, like, really intense. Like, there was just a lot happening. Yeah, I just, I think, it, according to him, it just seemed like a good idea at the time. Clearly. But, you know, it, it, it wasn't just him, though. It, so many people had to see this and, and sign off on it. And I just want to know. Well, I think everyone blames George Clooney, who clearly didn't have any, like... And he's also power. extremely apologetic. Yeah, he just he just signed on because Val Kilmer bailed. I, don't... I do think one of the good things about this movie is all of the gadgets that we get. A-plus work, again, very Bond-like. The video phone thing, Hell the yeah. Skype on your, your um, not video phone, um, watch was so great um i mean all of the i love gadgets love the different vehicles he has it's all very batman like unthinkable in 1995 uh we get a great callback to like a classic robin line which is of course like pretty much any variation of holy blank batman and i, I, I saw forgot you about this giggling too. and writing notes it was, about it, this it seemed i didn't even know what he said this this joke is like ahead of its time because the rest of this movie is, like, so, like, just, like, earnestly a comic book movie that at first I forgot about this joke and I thought that they just had Robin saying, like, a holy blank. Because he says, holy rusted metal, Batman. And I was like, okay, they're just, like, having him say it for fun. But then they, like, flipped it on its head being, like, no, like, the metal's all rusted. 
like holy rusted metal. <laughs> and I was like, this is so corny, but also it's like so self-referential that I'm surprised yeah. that they did it. That is, yeah, I feel like that wasn't really a thing like at this time. Is that's that's the most clever thing in this entire movie. That must be like the thing that people kind of think about Robin, and they were like, "Okay, we got to address this." I think so too. Because they never did Robin in the Keaton uh, Burton movies because Tim Burton thought that that the character was just so light and. Of and a, God of a forbid style that, you have a lightness well, and a Tim I mean, Burton. for him, he was like, it just wouldn't work with the style of these movies, which it wouldn't. It would have been weird to have a, think, a Robin in, like, Batman Returns. I think you could have, but not at that time, I guess, because if you're making a comic book movie, it has to be accurate to the comics. Like, now you can get away with, like, turning things on its head. Because it's been done so many times. Like, the Michael Keaton was the first live-action Batman movie. Right. So you had to, kind of, I guess, stay true. Yeah. Um, For sure. What if somebody needs Batman during the day? But I guess you you already covered that by saying Gotham, it, it's always nighttime in Gotham. Yeah, there's no sun, presumably because they churn out so much pollution, it's just like 100% smog all the time, so that's taken care of. They'll always have some sort of cloud to project the bat signal onto. Have no fear. Everyone will die from the air pollution uh, by age 45, but... There was a line in this movie that I was like, this is in something else. I was like, who borrowed from this? Because Robin says, this is for my mother, this is for my father, and this is for my brother, and this is for me. And he starts to, like, basically kill him. I No, I know the answer. Oh, what is it? It is from a great film that I'm sure we've all seen called Anastasia. (laughs) (laughs) Is this an Anastasia reference? Well, I think Anastasia came out after this. So I think Anastasia Indeed. is calling back to this film. <laughs> like, hey kids, you're ever Batman forever. <laughs> I mean, I assume that this is just like a line that has been around forever. Like everyone has used this phrasing before, but there's this website called TV Tropes, uh, which is basically just a compendium of like all the classic like cliches or plot devices and stuff. And there is one called, and this is for dot, dot, dot. And they specifically say, the dedication of the final blow, often the killing blow, varies depending on whether the author or director wants to maximize comedy or drama. Uh, And another common pattern is that all the earlier blows are dedicated to other people. And the final is, this is for me. Yep. Oh, she says, and this is for you. We just... We just confirmed about the Anastasia quote, which I was right, but I, I was wrong. She doesn't say, and this is for me. She says, and this is for you. Das Vidanya. What a badass moment. That's a Rasputin, if anyone, for some reason, hasn't seen that film. Yeah, you should go watch it. Maybe we'll cover it. She's a superhero. She survived the... I, I can't get into it. It's too sad. Um, <laughs> Whatever she counts. <laughs> my next line, I already said this, or my next line is... This movie is James Bond. It absolutely is. How do we feel about uh, the end here? I'm getting shades of the first Spider-Man with Green Goblin making Spider-Man shoes. Also, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen Stacy falling to her death. Yep. And I was like, again, too soon. (laughs) Still (laughs) too soon. (laughs) Um, But 
Yeah. Yes. I Well, I was thinking Spider-Man. I was thinking the Gwen Stacy thing because they're both like plummeting and Batman's yeah. trying to like stop them. But yeah, having to choose and then... Like taking a sweet time kinda also. It doesn't really matter. I didn't feel like the stakes are that high, I guess. I mean, this would have been I a like good plan. I like that he plan. gave him a riddle though. Yes. That was funny. But this would have been a good plan for the Riddler if he didn't have his, his machine... Bar- Batman barely had to do anything to thwart this scheme. He threw one Batarang. One. And it just and it destroyed the whole thing. Like what? It destroyed the Riddler emotionally. (laughs) I just, uh, all that, all that planning for that for that plot to be hatched, and it was just it was over with one battering. Do better, Riddler. We are not you are not permitted into the supervillain Hall of Fame on account of this performance. But uh, Batman, you know, sabotaging Two Face by throwing all the other coins in the air was a fun touch. Yeah, it was, it was, but like they set it up earlier with Nicole Kidman being like, I figured it out. His weak link is his coin. And so he's like, yes, but how are we going to use it against him? And then like, that was it. Like just throwing up coins to confuse him on which one he actually threw. I mean, and then it just. Sometimes the simplest plan is the best one. Which, even if it wasn't coins, like it just distracted him enough that he fell. Like They could have done anything. You could have just pulled out a little hand fan and he would have, oh no, I'm slipping. Anything. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no, Mr. Batman. (laughs) Um, But does this mean like it's ruled an accident because he technically didn't push him? So like Batman didn't kill him. That's how I took it. I mean, yeah, I guess. The, The moral compass can be recalibrated as necessary uh, you know, maybe Batman knew that Robin needed to see this happen. So he was like, you know what? But I think it is, you know, if, if that probably wouldn't hold up in court. <laughs> but Batman's like, no, I didn't know. I was just trying I just to get some, I just gave him some money. <laughs> I was trying to tip him. And then well, I guess we see that Two-Face has died and Riddler has wound up in Arkham Asylum, which I think this is the first time that we see, maybe the only time that we see Arkham Asylum in a Batman movie. I think it's in Joker, um, but it's not really, it's such like a silly thing that they'd never really touched on it in the Nolan movies because the idea is a bit excessive. Um, well, but. no, they do talk about it. Or maybe oh, they don't call it Arkham Asylum, but they... Was Joker Where Scarecrow in... is oh has everybody yeah yeah no never mind you're so isn't right isn't that Arkham Asylum yeah but I think this was the first because they didn't they didn't use this Arkham was in, in the Batman Keaton Begins ones. yeah you're right you're right yeah they didn't they killed everybody in the Keaton ones sure did <laughs> there was takes no, care of that problem no one could go there but uh, yeah that takes us to the end of this I don't I didn't have any more. Notes. No, just, well, like, Chase goes to visit him, and yeah. I was like, okay, we're getting our Harley Quinn moment. Even though, like, I know that's not Harley Quinn's name. I think her name is just Harley Quinn, right? Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Oh, okay. Yeah, something like that, so. But yeah. isn't there something similar, like, with Poison Ivy, where she, like, isn't, she, like, doesn't start out as evil? Like, doesn't she have a bit of an origin story at the beginning of the next one? I think so, but I can't remember what it is. I'm just and there's saying, also Mr. Freeze. I, he has his whole thing. I missed Michelle Pfeiffer the most. 
Me too. And like, I saw something that they were like, they considered having her come back. I'm like, why would you not? Everybody loved Michelle Pfeiffer. And all they, they only make the one reference to her by Chase being like, oh, do I need to wear skin tight vinyl and a whip? And Batman's like, uh, yeah. Do you see me? <laughs> yeah. That, oh, there was a lot of uncomfortable stuff there. He was like, I need you to take off all your clothes. And put on a black dress. Like, no, that's gross. That's not how you invite somebody to a gala. Be a fucking gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got some, a bit of, a bit of trivia. Uh, mostly fun about, fun facts. And it's mostly about the production of this movie because it's just, there's a lot going on. Um, according to Jim Carrey, uh, Tommy Lee Jones on set of this movie told him that he hated him and his movies. <laughs> So, great start to any working relationship. Who said that to Tommy me? Lee Jones told Jim Carrey that he hates him in his movies. Nice. See, this is what I mean. Tommy Lee Jones is an asshole. Jim Carrey's original idea for the Riddler, which is to shave a question mark into his scalp, had to be scratched because he was due in court to finalize his divorce. Yikes. <laughs> oh, no. That's before you got with uh, Jenny McCarthy. Um, after Burton decided to not direct this movie they were going to give it to robin williams to direct it this is what this uh he would have been a great says, but, uh villain either the riddler or two-face i guess but yeah i didn't think robin williams was ever a director maybe this is just worded poorly oh i think he yeah i think they were trying to say that he was um offered the role of riddler but i think they had like i think he'd be a better two-face he he was like bitter because apparently they used him as bait to lure jack nicholson to play the joker in the first movie oh. i think like maybe they like set him up as like competition or something Yikes. which is shady um, Michael Keaton didn't come back because he didn't like the direction that the series was taking. So he was like, I'm out. Oh, see, I thought that they, he and, um, Tim Burton were like kind of a package deal and like one wasn't going to do it without the other, but I well, guess. I thought I had read something like that too, but that's interesting because Tim Burton was still on as a producer here. So maybe. He didn't if, <laughs> like what I don't think Tim he had Burton much creative was doing. power. But maybe, it, even if it wasn't Tim Burton directing, if it had been in line with what they'd been doing, he would have been okay with it. And on a similar note, Leonardo DiCaprio turned down the role of Robin because he didn't like Joel Schumacher's direction. Yikes. Wow, there was a lot of signs, I guess. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was the I bet, first... Well, sorry, Leo would have actually been, like, young-looking. Like, yeah. That would have been good. I think so, but it, this... This would have been a disservice to his career. Like he didn't. He didn't oh, need to do I'm, this. obviously it's good that he didn't. But we had talked earlier about why Tommy Lee Jones was cast as Two Face here, and it seems like that was Joel Schumacher's idea because he had worked with him on this movie called The Client. Oh, I've heard of that movie. Which was I, the timeline of these movies are insane. That was a year before, yeah, a John Grisham adaptation. Ah, <laughs> but like. I mean, things are so different now, but the idea of like, oh yeah, I, I did a movie with this guy last year, 
So I'm going to cast him in the superhero movie that we're making that comes out this year. Well, who knows how long it took from, like, beginning to end, like, where they were in the process of all of those. Sure. But that's that's pretty wild. Uh, Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher did not get along. I think a lot of people have not gotten along with Val Kilmer uh, on the set of Yikes. various movies, unfortunately. Val. Indeed. Like, he's just difficult? Yeah, and there's been, you know, you. I feel like whenever this happens, you always have the co-stars that are saying that, oh, this person is difficult, and then you have just as many people being like, oh, well, all those people are wrong, and he's, like, a delight, which is exactly what happened with him. Uh, but one guy, I saw this earlier on Wikipedia, he did this movie Tombstone, which is a couple years before this, and one of his co-stars, and Val Kilmer was playing a character named Doc Holliday, one of his co-stars in Tombstone. Tombstone. And when asked about working with him, this guy was like, I don't know Val Kilmer. He's like, I know Doc Holliday, but like, I've never met Val Kilmer. That's a weird thing. Which is very weird. Is he method? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, most of the trivia and fun facts for this are unfortunately people just like dumping on like people that were in it. Um, but it seems like even, like, Joel Schumacher being like, I'm never going to work with Jim Carrey or Val Kilmer ever again after this. Why not Jim Carrey? He didn't, I just don't think they got along on set either. Like, it sounds like everybody was difficult. Everyone was The director was difficult. The actors are difficult. Yeah. It's just Like, it doesn't mess. sound like this Joel guy has a great track record either. Maybe not, like, he's difficult to work with, but people just don't think he's very good. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's pretty crazy that this movie didn't come out, like, worse than it did, because it seems like everybody was not having a great time. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot under the surface of this one. I highly recommend that you look into it if you're curious, because of all of, like, the trivia that I've looked for for any of the movies that we've discussed on this pod, this is the most troubled production so far. And that's saying something. What was your favorite scene from this one? Favorite scene? I mean, we already talked about the circus scene. Like, that one was definitely the most impactful. Um, but, I mean, I like the end. I, I would have said, like, I like when he and Robin, like, work together, but they didn't really work together. Like, they each save each other, like, once. Um, yeah. Not exactly the most, like... They're not, they're not really working as a team yet. Like, they technically are, but, like, they're not. Yeah. Batman's like, I'm going to do my Batman stuff, and you can just, like, And he got, be ki- over there. like, got trapped by Two-Face, like, <laughs> it immediately after saving him. Like, y- you weren't, like, ready at all for, like, yeah, Maybe something. we shouldn't have listened to Alfred. Uh, yeah, we, I know we already said it, but I would still say the circus one. I just thought that had... Like, I didn't really talk about it, but I, I enjoyed the cinematography in this movie. It was just, like, it was so weird that it matched the atmosphere. Like, a lot of weird angles. And when we're seeing the flying Graysons, they're being, like, shot, like, from above. And, like, doing these, like, really weird perspectives that we don't really see in other parts of the movie that I liked a lot. Yeah. And... Also, just a side note on the whole gymnastics thing. Um, there's no need to, like, remove the net. Like, we all as an audience think it's impressive regardless of if there's a net. I'm going to speak for everybody here and just say that, like, everyone thinks it's impressive. Like, 
Uh, like, not having the net means nothing to me. Yeah, what's, what's impressive is being able to do all those flips and catch other people and not fall. I don't exactly. care. You don't have to... There, you know, there's not an imminent threat of death yeah. for me to be like, I'm having a good time. I mean, I guess, like, if it was the net was really high, you wouldn't be able to do some of that, but, like, just lower it, you know? I don't want anyone to die. No. You know, they're putting on a show for billionaires, and uh, maybe some of those billionaires are... You know, they're like, I'm not going to enjoy this unless there's unless someone's going to die. <laughs> the way that they uh, also shot the Graysons, like, hitting the ground or not shooting it was yeah. interesting. Because you just see, like, Val Kilmer, like, watching, watching it and being like, well. I mean, I don't think he could do anything. Oh, no. But also, Grayson, uh, Dick or Robin or whatever, like... Straight up saves everybody. Gets no credit for it. Like, he literally removed a bomb from the situation. And throws it into the water. Like, by himself, big essentially. Ass and no I just want to... I see you, Rob. You are seen. You and are... your name is now just Robin. We're not calling you a dick. Or it's just Rob. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Let's just go with that. That's what... So, look forward to the next movie in the series, uh, Batman and Rob. Yes, so we Bats will... Rob. <laughs> we will be watching um, Batman and Robin next. I'm very excited to watch it, even though, like, it's... Because we are expecting it to be bad. Me too. Uh, you know, it could be, like, a silver lining type thing, but I'm also equally excited if we both are just like, wow, and we just get to come on here and just <laughs> air our grievances. Yeah, and then more excited to watch Batman Begins again, because it's my favorite... Um, unfortunately, we won't have time to watch, like, any of the spinoffs. Like, we won't have time to watch Joker or Bat... Uh, yeah. Bat, uh, not Batgirl. Um, Catwoman. Yeah. We'll get to those eventually, but it won't be part of this watch through. Yeah. So no worries there if you're if you're sad if we're skipping anything. And also, um, because I was talking about the animated series, I know that DC's strong suit lately, or honestly for a long time, has been their animated movies. If there's any of those that you guys think we should check out, like, let us know, because I've heard some really good things, but there's so many that I, I wouldn't even know where to start. But if you got strong feelings, you'd like to hear us discuss any of them, let us know. Until next time. We are Out, out of the, the Superverse. Super